here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hello, my name is Oliver Struby from Mile High Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hey, this is El Toro Ryan, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. I'm Peyton Lang, Assistant Regional Rep for the H Florida Region, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. This is Tim Holleran from the Coaster Crew, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Coaster Challenge Podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and lend us both your Coaster ears. Challenge Podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? Yes, I accept the Coaster Challenge. Do you accept the Coaster Challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please secure your hats and glasses and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your host, Andrew Locke. This is Andrew, one of the executive producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast with you today. And today I have a uh, fun guest. We have a coaster enthusiast in the house. Welcome to the podcast, Matt Hill from Operation Theme Park. How are you doing? Thank Matt? you for having me. Absolutely. Glad, proud to have you. Now, uh, Matt, uh, why don't we start off? Why don't you tell us about yourself and your love of parks and coasters? So obviously my name is Matt. I'm 16 years old. I've been going to theme parks since I think I was four. Wow. Um, yeah. First park I think was Dutch Wonderland, if I'm not mistaken. So sure. it's, it's um, a long, uh, it's been a long 12, 13 years so right nice nice um, you you live in ohio correct yes you're near cedar point yep so that's your home park that's not a bad home park to have nice yep. now matt you're a little bit unique in that uh usually when we have guests on the show we you know oftentimes it's me or sometimes david or now some one of the new producers that were have joined the show here in the second season uh, we will reach out to someone. It might be an enthusiast, might be a you know YouTuber, blogger, podcaster, park officials, managers, and we will recruit them to be on the show. And in past episodes of the show, we have encouraged listeners, hey, if you want to be on the show, let us know. And that's in fact exactly what you did, Matt. You reached out to me and said, hey, can I be on the podcast? And mm-hmm. you and I started chatting and here we are. So I'm curious, can you tell your part of the story, like how did you get to the point where you asked, you reached out to me to be on the podcast? I, I saw Eminem Amusements talk about uh, their episode on the podcast and said they had a lot of fun. And I think they even uh, mentioned my name because I was interested at the time to do a podcast, but I was um, I was very nervous in terms of reaching out to people that I didn't know. Sure. Um, it was just kind of this whole thing. But um, I eventually brought up the courage to um, actually talk to someone new and say, hey, can I be on a podcast? I see this as a great opportunity um, for the both of us. So Awesome. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. I'm glad you reached out. And yeah, we know uh, Mark and Natalie, they were uh, on our first season as, as, as guests together. So that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. All right, well, let's let's continue here. So again, 12, 13 years is how long you've been going to parks since we're four yep. years old. So uh, I don't know if you remember what your first coaster was, but uh at least, can you tell me what the first coaster that you do remember riding is? 
the first roller coaster I remember riding, I, I guess the first big coaster that I remember is Phoenix at Knobles. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, that was in 2012, I think. Okay, so, so a couple of years after you started going to parks, and okay, that makes sense because obviously, yeah. you know, four years old, you, there's a lot of parks where there's one, you know, where there's no coasters you can ride. I mean, I remember. Mm-hmm. My first coaster was when I was four, but it was Space Mountain here in Orlando. And, you know, Disney's known for their lower height requirements and, you know, special, you know, more forgiving restraints and restraints that are more friendly to, to kids because Disney's very family friendly. But yep. in Ohio and Pennsylvania, it's a little different. So, okay. All right. So, but the first big coaster I remember riding was Phoenix, which is, uh, yeah, that's awesome. I actually have not ever been to Knobles. That's one of my my parks that I want to hit hopefully actually later this summer I'm planning on doing a road trip up in New Jersey Pennsylvania and I hope to get up up there for sure so so let's jump to from the first coaster you rode to what coaster and I have a feeling I know the answer I'm, I'm you know I always like to play this game with guests because I I get to know the guests that I interview to some degree more than others uh before even doing the interview mm-hmm. so I have a theory but anyways let's see if I'm right what is the coaster that has scared you the most before riding it in your life so far? You know, Mystery Mine at Dollywood. Okay. I, I thought you were going to say Topful Dragster because it's your no, own No, I have actually not ridden that. Oh, you've not ridden Top? Oh, well, we'll have to talk about that too. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Mr. Mystery Mine first. So Mystery Mine scares you the most. Um, I think part of the reason why I was so scared is because there were two, there were two girls next to me that were like a little younger than me at the time. Yeah. And they they were crying. They were they were scared out of their minds. And that just added to my anxiety. And then my mom wasn't so sure about it. So that just added even more anxiety. So I'm like, what is happening? And then I just see this vertical lift hill. Like the first one, I, I just see this vertical lift hill and I'm like, what? Because <laughs> I, I don't remember the I don't remember um the point of view videos that I used to like right that I, that I used to watch before going to to uh the park um so was it the pun intended the mystery of it not knowing what you're going to be because you can't see a lot of it outside there right I, I will say a lot of it was the unknown factor yeah uh, yeah 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 one of our previous guests um he is uh from season one Jason Ginsburg. He is the uh, founder of the infamous fake theme park, the account and, and the, the, the podcast appearances that he's done, pretending to be the CEO of Murph Gantley of fake theme park. And, and he's not a coaster guy. He, he mm-hmm. used to work at Universal and he's a theme park guy, at least he has been. But a lot of rides, even beyond coasters, dark rides, they freak him out because of the unknown. And so he uses POVs extensively for that reason to uh, I think remember when, when I interviewed him he talked about I think it was Forbidden Journey and uh, trying to understand what that's like and he saw some videos of that and like for me and this is there's nothing wrong with where say he or say you come from for me I used to watch POVs but as I've really built up my ability to face fear and for fear to not have an impact on me I've got a point where I want the surprise to be there so I'll watch off-ride footage but i will not ride i will not watch a pov i'll watch a concept pov gotta support my buddy austin from useman insider who makes amazing concept povs 
I'll watch those before a ride opens, but I will not watch an actual on-ride POV until after I watch, until I, after I ride the ride, ride the coaster. Um, and that's just me because I want the surprise, but you know, I want to experience it for myself. But yeah, so I I get that you know you watch POVs, although I guess in the case of Mystery Mind, you had watched them, but you didn't remember them, so it didn't really help you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So let's keep going. Let's talk through it. So the girls were making you scared because they were screaming. And then you start riding it, the vertical lift hill. And there's actually two of them. And so, so talk me through what happened. You know, do you remember, was there a point on the ride where you went from being scared to enjoying it? Um, I think it was about halfway through the double barrel roll. Okay. Okay. So towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And so then how did you feel when you got off the ride? I I feel like the first part of the ride, as much as I feel like scared, like how scared I was, was kind of a factor in this. I still feel like the first ride, the first part of the ride was kind of terrible because <laughs> it, it, yeah. ear throbbing, it's a whole thing. Um, yeah. And then the second part of the ride, I I was like, okay, this is actually where it's getting good. And then the ride ends. And and then I come off and I'm like, that wasn't as bad as I was saying it was on the ride, but would I ride again? No, but this was before the re- the redo of that one uh, drop on the ride. Right. But, um, so I'm, I might ride again just to get that part in that I haven't. So- so is it you would not ride it again in general just because of the painful aspect of it, like the head yeah. banging? Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's understandable. That's not fear-based. That's just yeah. practical. I mean, I uh, there are certain coasters that I, you know, I'll ride it once to get the credit, but I won't ride again. And I yeah. some of my friends, they consider it sacrilege, like Viper at Magic Mountain, I won't ride again. Uh, well, I actually might try it again because people tell me it's gotten a lot better. But it it's hasn't. just it's a headbanger, you know. It hasn't. Okay, so you're you're in the corner of where what I was thinking was the case is that it's not gotten better. But when's the last time you wrote it? Uh, two weeks ago. Oh, okay. The All right, maybe I won't be right <laughs> um, Yeah, I mean this these coasters. I mean, it's not, I'm not afraid of it. It's just I don't. I want to have a pleasant experience on a coaster. I want to get a headache. So I totally get where you're coming from there. So, mm-hmm. but uh, aside from the the pain aspect of it, the headbanging. You know, you had a fear. Now, was it a fear of headbanging or just a fear of the unknown more so? It was a fear of the unknown um, because halfway through the ride, like these girls were started, it started crying. And, oh, and then okay, right. it was just all like a mix of emotions kind of a deal. And it, it was, it, it's kind of hard to explain. It, it's like, I wasn't scared for say in terms of when I first got on it. But then when things started like going like the direction of uh, these girls were uh, anxious, crying, screaming, and then my mom was screaming and then and and then said, I don't know about this. And then I got the mindset like, I don't know about this. (laughs) Yeah, you were kind of caught up in it. Yeah. So you felt better, at least about the fear aspect of it. The unknown aspect of when you got off. Granted, it you yeah. saw that was painful with the the, the head banging. But so, how did conquering your fear again? You identified this coaster as up to this day here in 2022 as being the one that scared the most. How did conquering your fear 
impact your life, you know, after riding that coaster? Felt a lot better uh, about myself. I felt more confident, I guess. It wasn't, I won't say um, like greatly impacted in terms of like getting off and wanting to skydive, but it was definitely an experience to get off and feel better. Like accomplished? Yeah, I felt accomplished. Okay. 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 Now, not to, I mean, you, you know, it kind of came out because of my, my theory was wrong, but I, I I am very curious. So, so how, how, by the way, how far away do you live from Cedar Point? Um, about an hour and a half, two hours. Okay. That's pretty close. Okay. So you you go there, you know, many times each season, you have a season pass, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Platinum. Oh, platinum. Right. Yeah. I've got platinum as well, but my nearest Cedar Fair Park is up seven hours away which is uh yeah yeah which i have been to this season already but yeah so anyway so you're a lot closer but but so tell me so you're 16 how tall are you five six five seven okay so you're not like crazy short or anything so why have you not yet been on top full dragster i have like multiple different excuses of why i don't but i feel like the main excuse that i i say a lot is the unknown okay so in other words when you told me that the coaster that you've been on and that's maybe the key here yeah. that that has scared you the most so far it's mystery land but you're you're still there's certain coasters that still scare you right and that's fine by the way there's nothing wrong with that so let, let's talk about that though because it, it is you know, as you already know, um, the mission of this podcast is to kind of help people to face fears and make their lives better mm-hmm. um, because of theories that we have that seem to be very well proven just on all the people we've talked to. And you're the first example of someone that is still kind of in this journey. You've not gotten to the quote unquote end of it. And that's that's fascinating to me. So would you say that Top Thor Dragster is the one coaster that you've not been on that scares you the most and intimidates you the most Mm -hmm. okay so so is it have you been to great adventure no okay do you think and it maybe this is a little difficult to answer because you've not been on it yet but king the ka is technically technically slightly faster and slightly taller is it is it the height by the way that scares you what because you can see it's not like mystery money you can see everything about these coasters out there on the midway yeah what what is it that scares you about these I think it's the height, how fast you're accelerating, the launch. It, it's just this whole thing. Like it's I, extreme. Yeah. Yeah, it's extreme. Yeah. So you you said you're at Magic Mountain, and I'm jumping around here on first on purpose because I kind of want to frame this. So you said you're at Magic Mountain two weeks ago. Did you ride X2? I did not. It was a five hour wait. <laughs> Have you been on X2 before? No, for same reason. <laughs> okay, so it's not, but you're not intimidated by X2. I'm not. Because X2 is very extreme. I mean, it is yeah. one of the, it, it is a common, I'm not sure how many of our back episodes you've listened to. It is one of the most common coasters that's identified as the one that scared people the most before they got on it. Um, so it sounds like for you, it's more height and speed or height and acceleration. Mm-hmm. Okay. Have you been on Max Force? I've never been to Great America. Not been to Great America. Okay. Um, let's see. I, I, you, you've been on Millennium Force, right? Yes. So Millennium Force, it's not accelerate. I mean, you you accelerate, you know, going down that first drop to you know mm-hmm. almost hundred miles an hour, but that is not as intense because it takes longer to accelerate than say top thrill. Right. So do you think 
and again, you may not know the answer to this, that if you got, if you got on top thrill or say when you got on top of dragster, that after that, you'd be fine going on King to Ka because it's so similar. It's like not much. Of a Absolutely. Difference. Okay. Okay. Got it. Now I'm going to take you a step further. So certainly height wise, King to Ka and top thrill they're they're right there. They are the tallest, you know, Stratocoasters and all that. Uh, but in terms of acceleration, is it acceleration or speed that intimidates you? I think it's acceleration. Okay, so let's say, same kind of thought exercise, let's say once you ride Topple Dragster, do you think you'd be totally okay with going on Max Force or Dota Dumpa? Or do you think that that would still be another jump for you? It might be Max Force, maybe. Dota Donpa, it might take me a little bit. Right. Cause that is, yeah. I've been on, I've been on that coaster, but when it was still Dodopa before the extra mm-hmm. note, before they redid it. And yeah, this is back like 15 years ago. It was pretty crazy. Wow. But yeah. So would you say that riding Mystery Mine has in any way helped you towards that goal of, say, getting on Top Full Dragster? The more and more I think about it, it may have a little bit but I think I would have to ride more coasters similar and smaller to Top Thrill Dragster, or right. at least, well, I've ridden Accelerator and I've ridden Storm Runner. I was going to ask you, right. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. think I need to ride those a couple more times to really push myself to get to that goal. Right. So basically you you really need to, you feel like you need to get some more experience on an intimate catapult, you know, basically a hydraulic launch coaster. So mm-hmm. like even a fast LSM, like a, like say Pantheon or Velocicoaster, mm-hmm. those would not be enough, right? Because they're not as intense in that acceleration. Okay. okay. Interesting. Okay. Have you been on Fury, by the way? Mm-mm. Okay. Do you think you'd be okay getting on Fury, having ridden Millennium Force? Or does that one? Okay. So it's really the combination of that 100 more feet than say Millennium Force with that acceleration yeah is that one two punch okay um do you are you hoping uh, do you have a goal set for yourself like you know okay i'm gonna get out to hershey or i'm gonna get out to 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 dots in the next year or two and get some more rides and and then get on top of dragster assuming it reopens you know another year or so is that kind of your goal or that's what i'm hoping for okay that's a really that's a really good goal and you know, we, we, we've talked about this already a couple of times here in the second season. Uh, one of the, one of which was leading into our second season. We had a recap episode and we've talked about not pushing people or people not pushing themselves too much, you know, just do it naturally. And just, you know, you don't want to make things worse for yourself or make it a bad experience. So, you know, in talking to you here and kind of going through these thought exercises, I think you have a good plan for yourself and you're only 16. I mean, I didn't get over my fear of coasters till I was basically almost 18, about 17 and a half. But um, I think you've got some, a good plan and, you know, the, it's very logical. You're going to ride the same kind of technology, the same basic type of coaster, uh, a shorter, slower version, but, you know, still pretty darn fast and intense and, and tall. Uh, and that way you can feel more comfortable getting on something like a, uh, like a topful dragster king of con now let's say that topful dragster doesn't reopen you know after this season would your plan be to to conquer king to con then i'm assuming or mm-hmm. okay yep 
Cool. Well, I wish you luck with that. I hope that goes well. I look forward to finding out, you know, how that goes. And I think what you'll find is that, you know, Mystery Mind was a, was a lead, what was a uh, was step in the right direction. Yeah. But you've got this extra high level of, uh, you know, another level to conquer that we've been talking about here, i.e., you know, a very intense, tallest or one of the tallest, uh, the intimate catapult coasters. If we go back to uh, Mystery Mine, yeah, it did actually do something because I was normally afraid of uh, vertical lift coasters. Uh, I rode, right. I rode Hang right. Time twice, not a problem. Right, nice, yeah. So like, it it was a progression for you. It yep. was an accomplishment, but you just didn't get it all done. You know, you didn't get that yeah. that fear all all done. But what you'll find, I think, and this is what I've noticed is I conquered my fundamental fear of coasters, uh, you know, adult coasters uh, on the Great American Scream Machine, the old Arrow Mega Looper at Great Adventure when I was, like I said earlier, 17 and a half. And that was basically conquering looping coasters on inversions as I'd never done an inversion before. But still, I wasn't an, I wasn't an enthusiast yet. I kind of was, you know, going a long way. And I was still a little bit intimidated. And, you know, I did get on X when it first opened in early 2002, but I was scared. And in certain ways, I'm still scared to get on that ride because it's insane, that first drop especially. But I, I've conquered my fear. In all seriousness, I've conquered my fear of that ride. And I think ever since riding X, like coasters just don't scare me. At the same time, even after riding X, you know, 20 years ago when it first opened, when I ride a coaster the first time, I'm not like holding on for dear life. But I generally just don't put my hands up because that unknown that we've been talking about. Mm-hmm. But over the past couple of years, like, for example, you know, again, I don't live close to Steel, to, uh, to Cedar Point. So this hopefully won't surprise you. I didn't ride Steel Vengeance myself for the first time until last September. And my very first ride on it, my hands were straight up. Yeah. Uh, same thing. Well, actually, with Velocicoaster, I couldn't because the first the first six or so rides I had on it were during a filming uh, was actually before it opened to the public and we weren't allowed to put our hands up. But um, Pantheon, I was there for media day and we were out, you know, allowed to do that. So I had my hands up and, you know, anyway, so yeah, I I progressed from not being afraid of any coasters to I've got my hands up, even that first ride when I don't don't know what's going to happen. And it's a progression. You don't get there instantly, but as you go through these experiences and more intense coasters, you're, and we've talked about, talk about this all the time on the podcast, you're building up your fear resistance, your ability to counter your mind telling you this is not going to be good. Mm-hmm. And so you're on that journey. You're still on that journey. And that's, that's awesome because as much as you ride coasters now, it's just going to become better and better for you as you face your fears, especially with the way you're doing it, where you're doing it methodically. You know, some people, they'll push themselves and just go from, Writing just, I don't know, you know, say Magnum, they'll, they'll, and they'll, they'll jump up to, you know, to Southville Dragster. They won't do Millennium Force first before that or Fury. They'll, you know, jump up crazy heights, you know, um, and things like that. Or even, you know, if they started with, a, you know, only like kiddie coasters and things like that, like Woodstock Express and then jumping up to something like Millennium Force, you know, it's a big, big jump. Um, and that's the way I used to be at parks. I would go on the, on the, you know, the, the smallest, simplest coasters and build up from there. Now, when I go to a park, I go to the ride that I've most been looking forward to the ride that goes down a lot, you know, like a lightning rod, for example, I, you know, I would go for that first, which is what I just did when we 
We're at um, pretty much what I did. We did first when we were at Dollywood a few weeks ago for the Coast Crew event there. But anyways, but yeah, you've got a logical plan and I think that's awesome. So, mm -hmm. okay. So I realize you're still on this journey, yeah. but would you say that beyond say uh, mystery mind helping you to conquer your fear of coasters and fear of certain things of coasters you're still working on that would you say that that and, and the experiences you've had at parks so far in your life have they had any significant positive impact on you in any other ways i guess i'm a little better at like public speaking in terms of getting my thought out a lot quicker than i did and i'm a lot better with talking with new people and stuff yeah um i don't know if that's anything to deal with the coaster itself but it definitely made me more confident and feel accomplished that i did something nice uh, yeah so what you said about public speaking uh we i i feel that about myself mm -hmm. uh and i see that with other people too mentioning it so it is something i think that's related there's definitely some data there if you will yeah and i think it relates to one the fear side of conquering the fear but I think the other part of it, too, is the social aspect of being an enthusiast. You know, it's, mm -hmm. you know, I'm assuming that, you know, you you have friends that are enthusiasts, right? Yeah. Right. And have you ever, for example, like, you know, you start meeting someone, you meet someone on like, say, Instagram or Facebook, what social media, that's another enthusiast. And maybe even you live near each other, but you've not met yet. You talk to each other. And then you have, have you done that and where you've met in person, finally, that sort of thing. So uh, yeah, I've so, met a couple people. Yeah. Yeah. So like doing things like that, which is normal, it's common in the, in the way the world works today. It's happened to me too. It kind of helps you to kind of get over that social awkwardness of putting yourself out there. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, and you know, I think that's part of it too. So that I, I'm not surprised at all that you would, you would say that. So that's great. Okay. Well, let's, let's, um let's go into like the second half of the interview here and have a little fun. So, so how many coasters have you been on? What do you, do you keep your count? What's your count at? As of April 7th, 132, I think. Wow. That's impressive. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a little old, more than a little bit older than you. I'm like three times your age, literally. But um, when I was growing up, you know, by 16, me, my friends, et cetera, you know, we've been on like you know, 10, 20 coasters. I mean, parks had less coasters back in like the 80s and 90s and, and all that. But 130 at 16, that's really impressive. That's awesome. Soon to be like close to 150 uh, in June. Oh, nice. Now, do you have a plan to make your 150th a special coaster or anything? Or? I, I mainly do by the hundreds. By the hundreds. Okay, gotcha. So do you, are, you, are you already thinking about what you want your 200th to be then? We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Okay, I, it's a little too soon. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm at 391 now, and I'm going to be Silver Dollar City, which I've never been to. I'm going to be going to in a little more than a month, and that should be my where I hit my 400th. I don't Outlaw expect run. to it before that. What's that? LL Run. It's either I'm either thinking about Law Run or Time Traveler. I, I those are the two that I'm thinking of. And after talking to uh, Marcus LeShock, uh, who's in our second season here, uh, I think maybe Outlaw Run between him and my buddy Brett, who lives in the same apartment community as me, like Brett Fudor's down, who's obsessed with Outlaw Run. They're they're definitely leading me in that direction. But on the other hand, as I like to to give my buddy Austin again, amusement insider, a hard time, he loves Mock. And I have yet to find a mock that I really liked. 
<laughs> I haven't ridden any of the multi-launches from them, so. Yeah, I've been on Slinky Dog, I've been on Manton, SeaWorld San Diego, and um, I've been on uh, Copperhead Strike, and I don't hate their coasters, they're fun, but it's just, they don't, the rev, they don't jive with me like Intamins do, um, you know, or even Bacomas and, you know, other, you know, LSMs, Premieres even, but, yeah. um, but anyways, so I've heard amazing things about Time Traveler, and it's like, I have a feeling that that's going to rank high for me, but I think they both will, so it's going to be one of those two, it's going to be my two, my 400s, we'll see. But anyways, um, so of the 130 or so coasters you've been on, what was your craziest moment you've ever had on a coaster? It could be an evac. It could be something weird happened. It could be some funny thing that happened because of the other people riding, you know, anything um, like that. Can you think of anything? I can tell you a story that happened um, at Dollywood. It wasn't on a coaster, but it was it was an experience. So. Sure. We were waiting in, in Lightning Rod's queue for like an hour and 45 minutes. Wow. Where they decide to add a second train. When they add the second train, they tested it for like 20, 25 minutes. And then they shut the ride down. Guess where we were? Guess where we were in line? You were right. Getting ready. To I was me. six rotations away from getting on. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like I said earlier, I used that Lightning Rod as an example of um a coaster that you know i would go to first because yeah. it's so notorious yeah so have you not been on lightning rod yet or no. okay well if it makes you feel any better i've been to dollywood twice first time was last september and i was there for two days i had a great time <laughs> and i wrote everything except for lightning rocks lightning rod was down the whole time so um my buddy uh, tim holleran he is the one that, you know, runs Coaster Crew, President Coaster Crew. When I joined Coaster Crew this year and I said, I'm, okay, I'm going to do your events. You know, you're also, I, you know, you're a great guy. I've heard your events are amazing. And it came out that that the Dollywood events could be the first event of the year, which it usually is because it's usually in March. I said, you know, Lightning Rod better reopen. And I found out from Tim that he had not been on it yet either, even though he goes to Dollywood every year. So, you know, downtime. And, and he also has been dealing with weight issues. He's lost a lot of weight, which I'm very proud of him for. Anyway, so it was, I realized it's for both of us, it was very important. It was like, we, it had to be open. And it, it had a lot of downtime the one day we were there for this event. Uh, but it did open. And we, and, you know, I went up riding it. I'm not sure when Tim got to ride it before the ERT, but uh, my group, there was... Uh, what five of us uh we got to ride it i think early afternoon finally because it was down a lot in the morning but the big thing was is that one of the main aspects of this event that made it special was that we were uh we paid for you know essentially for about an hour of erp on lightning rod at the end of the day you know base not quite night rides but basically the very end it was night rides but mm -hmm. so of course you know question was it going to be open at the end of the day and it actually stayed up all vrt it was like a miracle maybe it, maybe it, maybe lightning rod works better if once it's warmed up maybe it has less issues i don't know you know it took me two visits to dollywood is what i'm trying to tell you to get on it and it is now my second favorite rmc so it's worth the effort go back just keep your fingers crossed so <laughs> um but i have had situations like what you described and they are so frustrating not on a coaster, but last year I was with David and a couple other people and friends and so forth at DCA at Disney's California Venture. And again, I live in Florida now. I used to Disney, Disneyland used to be my, my home Disney park. Now it's Disney World. So I was out there cross-country trip and wanting to get onto 
the um, Web Slingers ride, the Spider-Man ride, because I wanted to compare it to the one here at my home park, of course, the uh, Spider-Man ride at Islands of Adventure, which is amazing, one of the best dark rides in the world. Yep. And we were maybe a few more cycles from getting on the ride, and they shut it down, they, and they emptied the queue, they dumped the queue. Which when they, you know, when they dump the queue, you know, that's not a good situation. Yeah. So I'm hoping to get on it maybe this summer in July. I'm supposed to be alone out there, but we'll see. But anyways, mean, yeah, that is a kind of a crazy moment, not a good moment. At least um, they, uh, at least they gave us two free uh, Dollywood fast passes for the day. Oh, nice. You got some time savers. Good, good. What'd you wind up using those on? Well, we use one on Mystery Month. <laughs> <laughs> was um, that the ride the, the, the mystery mind ride that you were telling me about yeah. like, oh funny and what was the other one you used them uh we we just kept it for like safekeeping i guess i don't know we were going to use it on wild eagle but we were so tired and just depressed because of uh the lightning rod situation yeah. and then and then mystery mind kind of threw us off the wrong way in that day yeah but, <laughs> Yeah, and you waited so long in line to like when I was there my first visit, it was down the whole time, which was awful. But because of that, I never waited in a queue for it. So I, I do feel awful for what you went through there. So let's talk about something more positive for a moment here. So tell me of your 130 plus coasters, what has been your favorite? Voyage. Oh, so you've been to Hollywood. Nice. So Voyage is your favorite. Now, this is one of my hot, spicy takes. So have you been to Hollywood Nights or have you only been to like regular void, regular holiday world? I've no, only been to regular holiday world. We got a night ride on it. Somehow, some way we got a night ride on it. Okay. Cause yeah, sometimes the, the, it is open late enough and depending upon the time of year, what, remember what time of year you went? October. Oh yeah. October is when you can get night rides because mm -hmm. the, the time change, yeah. you know, slow, shorter days. And yeah. yeah. So you had both day and night rides on it, right? Yes. How many rides did you get on it that day? We got three, I think. Okay. So how would you describe Voyage? The beast on steroids. I would agree with that. Although, I mean, they're, you know, both out into the woods. Of course, Beast has got the two, two lift hills, which I remember my first ride on the Beast was I was blown away. I didn't know it had two lift hills. Like the concept of having two lift hills, crazy long coaster. But the thing that's, that's not great about the second lift hill on Beast is it, it breaks up the pacing, whereas Voyage does not yeah. have that issue. But yeah, I agree with you. It's, you know, on steroids. Uh, I describe Voyage as relentless. It, it is. It is. Yeah, it's the wooden equivalent of Fury, in my opinion. I mean, I get not, they're not the same coaster, but Fury is relentless. The pacing's incredible. How would you compare your day versus your night ride? The day, it was like, you can see everything, or at least for the most part, you can see the track, but going back in the woods it, like it, it, it was just crazy like you just see all these trees flying by and then all of a sudden you're on a 90 degree angle and i'm like what <laughs> so <laughs> it, it, it was like this crazy experience like i i got a chance to ride it towards the front and at the very back and then the night ride i mean you couldn't see anything it, it was crazy we we were just um going down the drop and i'm like where are we like are we in holiday world or are we in the woods in some sort of random location right. <laughs> it, it was crazy to experience it, it's my favorite night ride 
by far. No, I, that yeah, that's fantastic. And your night ride, of course, being that it was on a regular day, was not trimless. It had the normal trims on it. Right. Okay. So I've only been to Holiday World once, and it was during Hollywood Nights of 2021. And I got to ride Voyage first and during the day. I mean, you know, it, that, you know, that event had a lot of issues, very tragic, very awful, and very, very sad what happened to that woman. Very fr- upsetting and frustrating the people that trounced upon what happened to her on social media by being so entitled and complaining that they couldn't get on Voyage the first night because of what happened to her. It's just disgusting. Yeah. But I still had a great time, even with all the issues. And I love B&M Wings, love Gatekeeper, your home park, for example. It's one of my favorites there. And, you know, Thunderbird wasn't open, but, you know, I knew I'd get back to it again, you know, later. But I had a great time. But I love Voyage. Voyage instantly on my first ride, my day ride, became my favorite wooden coaster. Uh, beat out uh, Ghost Rider for being my, my new favorite and still is my new my favorite wooden coaster. I was just blown away. And then... I got three night rides on it, trimless. And it's better at night, yeah, because it's like the beast. You know, you can't see anywhere and it's warmed up and it's even more relentless. But trimless voyage versus trimmed voyage, it is not the giant difference that people say it is. I'm sorry, it's not. And that's my spicy take. Yeah, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not saying I don't like voyage. I love voyage. Voyage is the... At the the only coasters above Voyage on my my top coasters list uh, are all Intamin multi launches: Maverick, Velocicoaster, Pantheon, and Soaring the Dragon. I'm a huge Intamin multi launch fan, LSM Blitz coaster fan. Um, they just jive with me. But Voyage, you know, there's no RMCs above Voyage. There's you know BMs, etc. It's just Intamins. And Voyage is my number five. Uh, Voyage is incredible. I love it. But trim versus untrim, there's a difference, but it's not you know how Thuzies. You know how they say the trimmed voyage, trimmed voyage is like 50 on their list and trimless is number one, or it's not uh, like that. I'm uh, sorry, I don't feel that, but I love it. And I'm looking for, I'm very fortunate to be able to go to Hollywood Nights again this year with how picky and how um, small the, the event is. And, you know, I've luckily, I, you know, have friends, uh, you know, and I want to thank actually Kim Dykes, who's one of the new associate producers of the podcast. She was able to get me a guest ticket for, to, you know, and so forth, which is amazing. And thank you, Kim. And I'm looking forward to it. Now, now do you ever have, do you have plans to go to Hollywood Nights anytime in the future? Or? I'm hoping to get there within the next couple of years. Yeah, I hope you sure. get to you. Everyone needs to go. You need to go. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. So I'm curious. You'll have to let me know if you can remember because, you know, you and I chat on Instagram. Uh, so let me know what you think of how my spicy take, you know, if you, you know, agree with it or relate to it at all. Yeah, I'm curious. But yeah, Voyage is incredible. So that's a great number one. Um, I, I know other people that have number number ones that, that Voyage is their number one. And I totally relate. I get it. It's an incredible coaster. Um, the, one, of, one of the things I feel about Voyage, both riding it and watching it, is it should not be staying on the track at the speed that it's going and the maneuvers it's going through, the overbanks, you know, basically wave turns towards the right when you get close to the station again. <laughs> and it's just, it's like, how is this physically possible? Basically. Yeah, it's just insane. And what it comes down to is kudos to Holiday World, which is a small park. They don't have a huge attendance. And combined with, I'm assuming, Gravity Group and their guidance on maintenance, how they're able to keep that coaster maintained. But mainly, of course, Holiday World with the amount of money they put into it, retracking and all the checks they do. I mean, that coaster runs great. I mean, and, and they keep it safe, and which is great. So, but yeah, that's an awesome favorite coaster. So let's talk about 
On the other end of the spectrum, your least favorite coast. Viper. Magic Mountain. Yep. Fantastic. I love it. You and I were just talking about that earlier. Um, it was... Yeah, I guess that definitely is my least favorite at Magic Mountain. My least favorite period is uh, Great American Screen Machine at Six Flags Over Georgia. That that thing is needs to be torn down. They, that, that part needs to be the first part with two RMC conversions. <laughs> it's basically how I think it needs to come out, which I don't think that'll ever happen, but thing is so potholy. And but you know, Viper though, that is a great answer because the level to which my head, my ears hit the, you know, my head hits the the, the over the shoulder restraints, mm-hmm. right? Is that why are, are there any other reasons why you don't like it or no, that's pretty much the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> it's awful. Yeah, unfortunately, these older arrows, and we're starting to see this with some BMs too. The diehard coaster enthusiasts, enthusiasts that Say, oh no, you can't tear this down. And you know, I'm a member of ACE and I believe in preservation, but a coaster gets to the point where it, you know, maintenance or you know, here in Florida, humid environment, you know, outside, whatever, where it's beyond the point of repair. And yeah, if a coaster can be brought back to life, absolutely, I'm all for it. But if the coaster has not been maintained, it's just so old that it's just painful and not fun anymore, burn it, tear it down. <laughs> Put something new in. I mean, I you know I'm a realist because coasters mm-hmm. should be fun, you know, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I think something amazing could go in Viper's place. I would love to see Magic Mountain and, well, quite frankly, Six Flags build the first Giga and do it right there. If it's going to be built anywhere, it would be Great America or Magic Mountain. I would say it was where they put it. I, I say Magic Mountain. Yeah. So I think that's because that that coaster is beyond its service life and, and it, it is not long for this world. And it's just right up front there with X and just a, a great I mean, I would love for an intimate giga, you know, like a I305, but even a great B&M giga. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> so uh, the last main question that we ask all of our guests, Matt, is, you know, you understand kind of we're talking about fear and you're going through you're still on your journey of facing fear which is mm-hmm. great. What advice would you give those that are listening, people that are maybe, maybe someone that like you has not completed their journey yet. They're still in it. You know, what would, advice would you give? Try best as you can to face your fears. I mean, accomplish, like if you can accomplish one of the things that have been a struggle or um, have been, I guess, a fear, even you can accomplish anything. And I, I wholeheartedly believe that. So in other words, once you have faced your fears, you can accomplish anything. Is that what yep. you're saying? Okay. Once you can face your fears, accomplish something big in your life, you can accomplish pretty much everything. Yeah, I agree with that. That's good. That's good advice. And that's inspirational because fear and anxiety can be hard, very difficult to face, but there is that mm-hmm. other side, the reward of, of facing it. So great advice. Thank you. So the last thing then I'd like to ask, as we ask for all our guests, is feel free to promote any ways that people can find you, you know, social media, if you have a website, YouTube channel, whatever you'd like to share, please go ahead. Um, you can follow Operation Theme Park on YouTube, um, youtube.com slash Operation Theme Park. And you can follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Operation underscore TP. Awesome. Yep. Operation Theme Park. Great. Yeah, that's fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Matt, for uh, joining us today. And I really enjoy talking to you in general, but especially talking to you about you still being on your journey of facing fear, which is, I think you're the first guest really that has, you know, in that role. Again, you're one of our younger guests. 
So it makes sense. So, and I'm excited to see you complete that journey and I know you will. So thank you again, Matt. It's been an honor being on here. Thank you. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. And check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, all at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today. Thank you.